0: This episode of the Fryer Podcast is sponsored by Soggy Hot Dogs. Since 1869, Rhode Island's hot dog of choice has been the dog with that iconic snap. Soggy is gluten-free and MSG-free, made with all natural ingredients and only 170 calories. You can find soggies in your local Connecticut, Massachusetts, or Rhode Island grocery store, the Soggy food truck, or you can order soggies directly from Soggies.com, shipping nationwide. If it doesn't have that snap, it's not soggy. Hello and welcome, Friartown. Today is July 18th, and we are going to be joined by current Friar guard, Corey Floyd Jr. I am Billy Ritchie, and this is the Friar Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back episode 32 of the Friar Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Billy Ritchie, joined by the great Kevin Farhar of FriarBasketball.com. And today, we are very excited to welcome a current member of the 2023-2024 Providence Friars. And not just one who is a current member of the team, but also a legacy, and one who transferred from an in-conference rival here to your Providence Friars. He had a great freshman year. Showed some great physicality, some great ability to hit three-pointers. As my fiancé would say, great ability to, to rebound with both hands. We were talking about that before we jumped on. And just a great overall feel for the game, and we're really excited to see him continue to grow here in Friartown and have a big sophomore year. Ladies and gentlemen, Corey Floyd, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, Corey, so let's, let's kick it off with the early years. Sports, basketball, growing up, you know was basketball always your first love were there any other sports involved and how was your background led you to being a division one athlete here at Providence College
1: uh you know growing up I think uh basketball was the first thing in my hands at a young age um but just growing up you know just going through all the phases I definitely played uh football and baseball as well you know I tried all three out uh and just along the way you know I think basketball just found his way like into my heart for real um football was a close second but I think basketball was really just what hooked me I mean it was just something about the game and then I remember one time just playing in a little league uh basketball and my pops like he told me imagine if uh like you just didn't play football or baseball and just played basketball all year round he was like imagine how good you would be and then from there I just kind of lost my head in that and you know, just took it from there.
0: You mentioned your dad. I'm sure there's a lot of Fryer fans out there who know that your dad played for PC. Right. Did you grow up around the program? What was it like watching him play? Was was he your favorite player growing mm-hmm. up? What what do we got?
1: You know, the most I seen him hoop was on our side or this little league he used to play in. And he was a little older by then, so he wasn't doing none of, you know, the flashy dunks that everybody told me about or anything like that. But as far as PC goes when I was younger, I think the only time uh, I really locked in and watched Proud was probably during the Big East tournament. And, you know, he would just have it on every TV. and So
0: it was really the only thing we were watching. What was your relationship like? You know, because everybody sees the LeVar balls and, you know, those crazy circumstances where dads are just, like, throwing their hands up at the AAU games or stuff like that. You know, what's the relationship been like for your dad? You know, especially now his son playing for his college team. It must be a pretty cool bond that you guys have.
1: Right, for sure. You know, um, he wasn't ever one of those crazy dads, you know, who act out at the games or nothing like that. But, you know, um, he always made sure, you know, to tell me uh, the things I did wrong before, the things I did good, you know, in the game, things like that, just to keep me level-headed, you know. Um, he preached humble, you know, being humble. Um, and I think that's, you know, been a huge part of my game, just playing with that sense of humility, you know, because you never want to get too big-headed, but, uh yeah he was just always in my corner you know just guiding me basically
2: incorrect I imagine one thing that's really helped you as far as your transition that a lot of fans may not know about is just the level of talent you played with both in AU and at at Roselle in high school Uh, I was wondering just for some for me personally I found it so interesting just if you could share your team final experience at Peach Jam and some of the guys you played with as well as some of the guys at Roselle and how that kind of helped you adjust because I know a lot of kids go to college and they're used to having the ball in their hands, you know, taking 25 shots a game, whereas, you know, you play more of a role on some really good teams.
1: Yeah, um, I think the good thing about that was uh, there was one coach who told me, you know, uh, great players want to play with other great players, you know. So um, being on teams like that team final team at One Piece Gym and uh, at Roselle Catholic, which is just known as a powerhouse high school, you know, great talent comes through there. Um, it was really just the best thing for me because I could learn from other great players that's playing alongside me. And also, you know, I I learned uh, the perfect, you know, level of aggressiveness. You know, you don't want to be uh, too timid out there where you're not looking for your shots or anything like that, you know, letting other people control uh, most things. But you also uh, want to have that aggression where, you know, you go out and prove who you are and um, you look good doing that at the same time.
2: And what was the experience like for you? Because you essentially, you know, had a lot of your high school career wiped out due to COVID. And I know for a lot of kids, it probably, like, I think for a lot of PC fans, they hadn't seen much of your game because you had what felt like a year. You know, you had your red shirt year plus your last year of high school was kind of wiped out. Uh, what was that experience like for you?
1: Oh, it was tough for sure. Um, you know, basketball is just a game that I love. So, you know, my junior year being cut short and then um, sitting out the redshirt year, you know, of competitive games, uh, it was definitely a lot to handle, you know, um, but I know it's just all part of the process. So I never looked at anything, you know, wanted to switch anything or regret any any decisions I made. Um, I just looked at it as a place for me to get better, place for me to learn. And um, I think I did just that.
2: Was did that play a, a role into you? And for fans who may not remember no, uh Corey had enrolled early at at UConn. Um, but did that play a factor that you know your high school season was being impacted? Did that play a role in you going to UConn early?
1: Uh definitely, definitely. Um one of my biggest goals in high school was to win a TLC. And my junior year, it was I think we played 15 games and uh TLC wasn't even in the picture. So um kind of just, you know, lost the aggression or, you know, just, yeah, I think that's it, just the aggression.
0: Yeah. So before we get to our hometown Providence Friars, you did make a stop at the University of Connecticut. Dan Hurley has some URI ties. You know, he's local to the area, being from New Jersey. What was it like when you got to UConn? There's a lot of history there. They're a great team. They just won a national championship. Right, you know, we're, we're all in the same conference. At the end of the day, we're all in a sense rooting for each other, but rooting against each other. What was it like going over to stores first before you got to PC?
1: Uh, you know, uh, stores was unbelievable. Um, uh, it was a great campus, a big campus, uh, way bigger than PC. You know, but uh, it was great. Um, just the people that were there, you know, uh, coaching staff, uh, my teammates, former teammates from over there, and you know, just uh everybody I met over there was a good person, you know, so those bonds that I made over there um, are people
0: I still talk to to this day, you know, and uh, it's a great place. Yeah. I mean, and like Kevin said, you're, you're one of the younger guys heading into college and then, and then you make the decision to transfer. I mean, right. you come, you come back home to Friartown. What was that decision-making process like? I'm sure you heard from other schools. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you had people, you know, people saying, Hey, you know, you should come this way or, or go to this school. What made PC stand out in that transfer process?
1: Um, well, Ed Cooley was the first to call my parents uh, when he heard my name was going into the portal. And, you know, coming out of high school, I think Providence was a very close second uh, right behind UConn. So as soon as I heard, uh, they were still interested in me. You know, it wasn't that hard of a decision. kind of just knew I wanted to come here and that was it.
2: Just on your decision making process, I thought at the time it was really interesting that you chose PC because, you know. Quante had committed the summer before. They had gotten Devin that spring. They got Noah that spring. Um, right. Can you just share your, your thought process? Because there were a lot of, and Allen was here, there were a lot of guards and kind of like a similar mold to you. Um, was that a concern at all, or were you just kind of willing to kind of wait it out and see how things evolved?
1: No, um, it definitely wasn't a concern. You know, like I said before, um, one coach told me that great players want to play with other great players, you know, so I saw that opportunity present itself once again. And um, I thought I could once again learn and grow, you know, um, expand my game. Just learning from other players who played in college before, you know, who have been here for a minute.
0: And uh, you know, that was that was really that. So when you came to PC, you joined a stacked transfer class with Bryce Hopkins and Devin Carter. Yeah what were the vibes like you get into the practice facility day one with those guys? What Mm -hmm. did you think? What did you, were you like, wow, this, this is where I, this is where I should have been from, you know, from the start. Like, like, what did you think of the vibe when you got to PC?
1: Yeah. um, It was definitely a great vibe. You know, I felt, I felt at home for sure. Uh, I just remember first couple of practices, you know, it was, I just knew I was going to play this year. So it was a little different, you know, um, than the red shirt year. So uh it was it was kind of strange because I didn't realize how much uh sitting the year out would you know affect uh just my overall game and you know just getting back in the competitive runs and things like that. You know, I had to find my game
0: again. But you know it came back to me eventually and it was just fun from there. You could see it. You could see it as the season went along you getting more comfortable. Like I was saying making some big timely threes you're definitely a physical guard. You like, you like to get after people, and you can impose your will to get to the rim. Take me through playing for Ed, practices, him talking to you about your role with the team. What was it like as, the, as, as you began your freshman year?
1: All right, well, uh, as you guys mentioned, you know, I came with a stack transfer class, you know, and they already had some returners from the previous year who had already you know, solidified themselves in Friartown. And, uh, you know, I, I knew I was going to have to come here and compete, you know, so I was willing to just do anything to get on the court. And uh, Coach Cooley preached to me from day one that the way I was going to get onto the court was being a defender. You know, so I took pride in uh, the defensive end of the court, which I feel like I always did my whole life, just, um, you know, not wanting to be a one-dimensional player, just on the offensive end. And so, you know, I just bought into that role and as time went on, like you said, I got more comfortable. And then I uh, just started playing my game, I feel like.
2: Corey, cool. could you pinpoint a time where you started to feel like it's – I mean, I think for a lot of fans, they look at that UConn game at home. Uh, you played a big role. Did you mm-hmm. feel like that was a turning point, or was there a point earlier in the year where you started to feel like you were getting your legs back a bit? Uh, the UConn game was
1: a good game for me, for sure. Uh, but I feel like – we played Marquette, uh, the away game. Uh, even though it was a loss, you know, I feel like I was in there um, during crucial moments. And then uh, I just felt like, yeah, this is me. You know, I, I've been here before. I could do stuff like this. So that was definitely, a, I think, a turning point for me and I'm right there.
2: And how hard is it? I know one thing I was really impressed with for you, from you last year is that you you were ready. You know, like a lot of guys, it's, it's hard if you're not getting shots and not getting consistent minutes again. Like, You still shot a good percentage. You had an impact when you played. Um, You know, what was your mindset and how hard was that for you, kind of like waiting to see when you were going to get minutes and stay ready?
1: Yeah, like you said, um, it was really just being ready at all times. You know, uh, even if your name isn't getting called a lot, you know, you have to be ready when your name does get called because if you don't perform when you get out there, then there's really no reason to put you out there in the first place. You know, so whenever my name was called, I just – Tried to make the most out of it. Um, and I feel like that started on the defensive end. You know, I might not get all the shots, but if my man isn't scoring on me and I'm helping out on this end, and you know, it's hard to take someone like that
0: off the court. So. The season didn't start as maybe pristine as the team would have liked, right? There were some losses in the non-conference in that tournament of Mohegan Sun specifically. And then things turned around really quick.
2: Right.
0: Really quick, had some great wins, especially to start Biggie's play. Yep. What, what was the vibe like in the locker room during some of those, maybe those hard times? Did you guys still believe that you could easily be a top 25 team?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, just from day one, I think everybody saw the talent that was in the room. Uh, the main thing for us was just working on putting it all together, you know, everybody's coming from different programs and you know different backgrounds so we we knew that the gelling part was going to be the main thing that we had to perfect early on and we might not have perfected it as early as we wanted to but I think when we did uh I think people saw how good we were.
0: And how would you describe last year's team in terms of their ability to play with each other, how close the team was. It it, see, it seemed like there was some good vibe, even though people were coming from different places. Yeah, yeah, it was
1: definitely a good vibe between us. You know, uh, everybody enjoyed each other's company. And, you know, on the court, uh, everybody just wanted each other to succeed. So
0: that was really the main thing. And then last one for me, before we kick it back to Kev, is what do you think was the turning point as you got to the back half of Big East play, where things got a little harder, right? It was that, that UConn game at UConn was 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 ugly. The Xavier game at home, where you know we put put up eighty nine points and still weren't able to kind of get it done. Did you guys feel like, even though you saw some losses come onto this the, the stat sheet, that like you could shake it off and kind of continue forward?
1: Yeah, um, definitely, you no. Know. Basketball is just a game of runs. You know, throughout the whole season, you're going to have ups and downs. You know, times where you are going maybe nine-game win streak and then times where you go on a five-game losing streak. You know, and you just got to stay the course and stay locked in during times like that. So, um, you know, towards the end, uh, it was definitely getting a little rough. But, you know, once we saw our names on that bracket for March Madness, I mean, all that kind of went out the door and we were just locked in for that. Mm-hmm.
2: And Corey, just taking a step back before we get to March Madness, we'd love to hear just your experience as a kid from New Jersey, um, what it was like to play in MSG against UConn. You guys went in that crazy run. The place was going wild. Uh, yeah. What was that experience like for you um, personally? Uh, it was a great
1: experience. You know, um, just being able to be in the game at that point in time, uh, we were down a lot during that game. So making that comeback was really something special. Um Obviously, we didn't have the outcome that we would have liked, but, you know, just going on that run, I think it gave us a lot of confidence going into March Madness, seeing uh, what we could do, you know. Um, But I feel as though I've been in those positions before, you know, games like that, it was just on a much bigger stage this time. And I was so locked in, I didn't even realize I (laughs) was in there, you know, until after, but
2: (laughs) definitely a great experience. Had you played at the Garden uh, for Roselle or any time before that? Uh, I played at the Barclays, but never the Garden. Over there. Yeah, it was cool. Um, and then as far as, um, you know, for you personally late in the year, um, your minutes really spiked, right? The UConn game you played 24 minutes. You were a double-digit guy after seeing your minutes kind of fluctuate. Mm-hmm. Um, did you kind of feel like late in the year you had kind of found your niche and found your role and you were getting those consistent minutes?
1: Yeah, definitely. And um, I think towards the end of the year, uh, I had a much – greater sense of aggression you know when I was out there on the court um looking for my shot more um, while still you know doing my thing on the defensive end and uh you know I think I was really just back in my groove and playing my game again and just being myself is what got me back on the court a lot.
2: And then Kentucky you got pretty good minutes and you had probably PC's biggest highlight of the game with that with that dunk I think that that play kind of showed your athleticism more than any of the year you know it was a disappointing loss but I think for for Friar fans looking back, that was really eye opening. Just seeing your athleticism in that play, like, what was that like in that stage to kind of throw down probably one of the best dunks of the tournament.
1: Yeah, uh, it was it was just a crazy play, you know. Um, my man Devin Carter, he set me up perfect with the lob. but uh, He threw it a little quicker than I thought he was, but you know I caught it, so it was all good. But that was definitely a, a top play for me for sure. It was.
0: I mean. You've had to watch that a couple times, right? You got the Iron and, and Eagle on the call, like Corey Floyd Jr. It was it was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool for sure.
0: <laughs> that was a one you know that was a one shining moment in the NCAA tournament. Like that that's that's basketball at the highest level. So so when Kim English got to town, right? No. You know he has a certain swagger to him, right? Where it's oh. like he's young, he played in the NBA, he. You know, he he was just an assistant at a major SEC school, and then went to George Mason and had some success there. When he walked through the door on that first day, what was your relationship like with him, and what was the vibe?
1: Uh, well, the first time I saw uh coach, I was in the gym uh, late night and I was shooting, and then um I guess he was taking a tour of campus and um, the facility, so he was in the weight room. He happened to be in the weight room and. Steve, uh, Nap took me in there to meet him, and first thing he said was, "You ready to play one on one?" So, I already knew um what type of coach he was, you know, and that was before he played a couple guys one on one. So, I didn't even know he was serious like that, but yeah, he's a cool guy for
0: sure. Yeah, his—I mean, you know, the Jaden. Obviously, everybody knows the Jaden highlight of them playing one on one, and yeah. he obviously still has some hoop in him. Clearly, um. Yeah. But, yeah, it seems like he's done a good job of kind of coming in and, you know, steadying the program and, and kind of bringing in his own philosophies but not changing things up too, too much. What's it been like playing with some of the Mason guys and their sort of transition to PC?
1: Yeah, um, the good thing about everyone who came with Coach Kim here, uh, whether they were at Mason before or recruits who were committed there, uh, you know, everybody is just, I feel, bought in to the team first. You know, um, we all preach mindset and I think everybody's mindset right now is just team first. You know, everybody puts winning before themselves and off the court. I mean, we all just get along great. You know, we've done multiple team activities, uh, things with the coaches, without the coaches. You know, we just love being around each other. And, uh, you know, the vibe has been there since day one.
2: So, Corey, one thing I'm interested in or really excited about, interesting in getting your perspective on is, just the defensive potential of this backcourt next year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, Devin is, you know, as good as it gets defensively. Right. But now with you seeing more minutes, a bigger role, I thought you played great as a freshman defensively. And then, then right. you're adding Garway. Um, just want to get kind of your impressions of, of Garway early, but also, you know, how good you think this, this backcourt can be defensively next year. And, and I should I should add Jaden too. Jaden was a pretty tough defender as well.
1: I mean, you can see the potential in practice of, Coach preaches defense first, you know, so everybody has the mindset that defense comes first and then offensive end, you know, everything will happen down there. Um, but as long as we control the defensive end, I think we're going to give a lot of teams trouble. Um, Garway has came in and he's been a real, real good piece for us. I mean, defensively, how long his arms are, how you can just recover for blocks and steals, everything like that, you know, and then he just has a high IQ. But he has a great feel for the game. so. You know, um, I think we're going to be one of the top defensive teams this year.
2: You know, I know Josh Aduro is pretty big shoes to fill with with Ed Croswell having such a great year. Uh, mm-hmm. Just curious as to what you've seen from Josh so far in practice.
1: Yeah, I mean, Josh is a monster down there. You know, um, he's strong. I mean, he set a screen on me. I can barely get around it. You know, it's like, well, <laughs> I mean, he's a strong dude, but he's definitely going to put in some work down there this year for sure.
0: In in terms of what the fans should be expecting from you, Corey, this year, like, you know, taking that next step forward in your game, what are you most excited to show the the loyal fans of the ant? Um, you know, last
1: year I think uh I show people I can shoot the ball, you know, my shooting ability a little bit, um the shots I got, you know, I feel as though I knocked majority of them down. Uh but this year, I just feel as though I'm gonna be a, a much aggressive shooter, you know. Um, if the shot is there and I like it, then it's going up. Uh, I I just believe in my shot. Um, I put the work in. I mean, and that's the great thing about this team is every time you go in the gym, you know, you're going to see at least four or five, however many in there just working on their game. You know, you see everybody putting the work in. It just makes you want to work even harder. So I think this year our team is just going to push each other to maximum potential and we're going to have a great year.
2: Are there any aspects of this team that have you particularly excited, strengths of this team that you think are going to really, that you're looking forward to seeing next year?
1: Really excited for our play on the defensive end, and I'm really excited for our play in transition. I think we're going to get out a lot faster this year. A lot of early shots, you
0: know, and just a lot of fun. So let's ask some fun questions now in terms of the team, right? Let us go with this. Who's the funniest guy on the team right
1: now? <laughs> funniest guy I would have to say is Rich Barron right now. <laughs> Rich is okay. a real funny guy for sure.
0: Love that. Okay. That's cool for the fans to know. Who's who's one of the guys you're closest with on the team? You know, that you you, you know, you go go to Ray, you go to Ray with, play two yeah. K with. The
1: crazy thing is, I feel like I'm close with everybody on the team. Mm. Uh, I mean, like I said, we all just really love each other's company, you know. Whenever uh, we got any chill time, we're usually chilling with each other. So that's really the great thing about this team.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. Did you know Jaden and Raphael from, uh, you're all from New Jersey. Did you, did you know them in high school at all? Yeah, Yep. I knew them before I got down here, yeah. And how's how's Jaden looking this summer?
1: Oh, he's he's looking real good. Um, You know, he's looking real mature with the ball. Um, He's just controlled, you know. I think he's going to just be a great point guard for us this year. You know, people saw what he could do last year his passing ability, his scoring ability. I think he could do it all. And I think he's going to be a great player for us.
2: Uh, taking a step back, i are just interested. You know, I think what goes a little bit underrated is for a lot of the guys who came into college the last two years, you had guys in college basketball who were 23, 24 years old. You know, um, what was that experience like basically playing against full grown men? and how hard do you think that's been for certain kids to kind of adjust to?
1: Yeah, uh, it's definitely a huge adjustment, you know, just playing with guys, not only are they older, but they played this college game for four or five years, you know, so they know all the ins and outs. They, they know how to take advantage of a freshman who's stepping on the court for the first time, you know, all the little things like that. So, um, it's really a learning experience for a lot of freshmen that come in, but, uh, if they buy in and just listen to all the advice, it's really much harder. I mean, easier than you think.
2: And was Coach Felton on the staff um, when your dad was at PC or is he not there yet?
1: No, I think uh, oh, Kim a year after. Yeah, I think Kim a year after.
2: And uh, I know there's, there's so a lot of cool. injuries. Sorry, Bill, just one quick question. Yeah. You know, people want to hear about the roster. I'm curious as to uh, the assistants as well. You know, we we've heard so much about Kim, but. I still feel like there's a gain-to-know process we're all going to go through as far as the assistant coaches. We'd love to hear just um, your early impressions of them and their personalities and what they've been like as coaches so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, our whole staff, I mean, Kim is obviously at the top, but the way practice is run and the way coaches get after it, I mean, it seems like everybody's equal, you know. Uh, A coach will get on you uh, for doing one thing, messing it up, but – you know, it'll pull you to the side after and tell you where to be next time, you know, uh how to do this and how to do that. Every coach here, you could just see it, uh, wants the best for every single player, you know. So it's no favorites, it's none of that, it's just work for everybody.
2: And it seems like it's it's hard to tell from the really quick videos they put out there, but Billy and I were talking after maybe the first video they put out after your first practice, it seemed like energy was like sky high. Right. Just wondering kind of like what, obviously, you know, Evan's feeling good in the offseason, but it, it seems a little extra now. Um, did, are we wrong to get the impression that energy seems super high right now? Uh,
1: no, I think our energy is super high. Um, just because uh, we see the potential uh, that we have this year, you know, um, and I think everybody's just super locked in at this point in time, you know we want to make an impact this year. Uh, we know we have the tools to do it. So it's really
0: just up to us to uh, put it all together and make it happen. A couple more fun ones for me. What do you like about Rhode Island? You know, you obviously had some ties to Rhode Island through your dad played at PC, but like now with you being back here, what do you, what do you think about Rhode Island as a state overall?
1: Oh, uh, I think it's pretty cool. You know, being in are like in the city, you know, um, uh, So I think it's cool that you can step off campus and there's a lot of spots that you go to, you know, a lot of places like food trucks and things like that. You know, it's it's just a cool city. I like it, honestly.
0: And playing at the amp AKA the main sport here in Providence and right downtown. What is that atmosphere like?
1: Man, I I think it's the best in the whole entire country. Um, I played in a lot of arenas, but it's nothing like the amp. I, I can't lie. I mean, the crowd energy in there is is just ridiculous. I mean, when we're flowing in there,
0: it's hard to beat us. I can't lie. It really is. It's it's a it's it's a special place. I would say this to end on my side, Corey. What are some parting words for Fryer fans that you just want to throw out there as you head you head into a big year that you're excited to kind of take that next step forward? Well. Um,
1: Just for all the fans out there, you know, we appreciate all the support and love. You know, we're doing this for you guys. Uh, When you guys come out this year, it's going to be an exciting brand of basketball. Uh, You know, it's going to be a fast-paced game, a lot of dunks, threes, everything. Uh, A lot of grit, too. And um, the main thing I can say is just mindset. You know, it's going to be a long season, ups and downs, but... Just keep that mindset right, and we're gonna be
0: good. And have you have you beaten Kim English in one on one? No, I still haven't played him. <laughs> well, we did the. I'm sure the fans are curious though, but no, CFJ, we're really excited for you to have a big season. I remember one of the you did an interview with Kevin McNamara like right after Kim English's press conference, and you were like, "I'm I'm here to be a friar. Like I right. am here to." represent this program and help take it to the next level and i I just really enjoyed that it was like your vibe and that was really just you were 100 all in for pc and i i appreciated that definitely definitely So, so we we loved having you on we're really looking forward to watching you this season and uh we're very excited for the 2023 2024 friars We'd like to thank everybody for listening to episode 32 of the Friar Podcast. And of course, a special thank you to our guest, current Friar guard, Marie Floyd Jr. We'll be back in the coming weeks. And as always, go Friars.